Welcome to the Financially Intentional Podcast Expert Edition. Every Tuesday, I'll be joined by an expert in a particular field that is here to help you get your money right. These people are going to impart some serious knowledge, y'all. I'll be right here learning right beside you guys. So be prepared to take notes and more importantly, be prepared to take intentional action. Okay, welcome back, my financially intentional people. Super juiced to have Dr. J join us again, our CFP expert for the podcast. And today we are going to talk about who is going to take care of you when you get older. Hey, Dr. J. Hey, Miss Ema. You know, like you just want to like talk about the the rough question of life, you know, like what am I going to do when I'm 90 years old and can't wipe my own butt, you know? <laughs> We are going to talk specifically about long-term care planning and what that looks like, who should get it, when you should get it, and all of those fun things, and why you need it. (laughs) Because we know that that's one of the most expensive times of your life, and so we have to start planning for it now. Absolutely. You know, let me give you a stat that'll probably scare you a little bit, but that's okay. So the, the, the U.S. Census, you know, and I work mostly with child-free, childless folks. The U.S. Census found that for childless folks over the age of 55, 2.5% get any financial support from their family. Like, that's like nobody. But here's the thing. The same way you're, you're a parent. In the same, 55 and older, 1.5% of parents got any support. You actually got less support than we did. So everybody can get like, kind of, the child-free folks, they always get the question, who's going to take care of you, blah, 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 blah. Truth is, nobody's taking care of any of us. Like, you know, having a kid doesn't automatically, like, take care of your long-term care. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it's like one of those things that you assume that you're going to take care of your kids and then eventually they'll turn around and take care of you. But obviously that assumption has been proven wrong statistically. Look, you work in healthcare. Mm-hmm. If, if you've ever worked at a nursing facility, by the way, it's a, it's a, it's a rough life. Yeah, I worked as a paramedic. It's, it's tough. If you actually ask them how often did the family come visit? Oh, it's sad. I mean, it is Christmas and Thanksgiving and, you know, if they're sick. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not, I don't mean to be a bummer, but it's just like the reality check. I can't even imagine that. I mean, I have my grandfather's turning not 95 this year. I was just at his house. Like, we're always there. Like, I can't imagine him, like, being alone in one of those facilities. And I've never, fortunately, (laughs) worked in those facilities, but I have been in the facilities in different capacities and not a great experience. Not somewhere where I would actually put my grandfather. I would opt for more in-home care. Well, so... By the way, I think we all would rather be taken care of in our house. Like, seriously, let's just, let's think. There's a um, stat in real estate. Single-level houses are selling better than two-level houses now because people are getting older and don't want the stairs. Makes sense. You know, I've got stairs here, and as I get older, I probably don't want to do that. But here's the thing. In-home care is expensive. Nursing home care is expensive. And who's going to pay for it? And who's going to do it? And, you know, also, we get into this other question, like, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a burden on anyone. You know, like, I don't want my family members wiping my butt. Like, just calling it out. I mean, it, and I think the challenge is everybody kind of looks at long-term care. And it's, and 
it's stupidly expensive. So to give you an idea, we're here in 2023. The national average is about $108,000 a year for nursing home care. And Nasima, for you, that's 3.7 years as a woman. So, I mean, we're talking $400,000 in today's dollars. Now, we know you're, you know, 30 years old right now. So that's 60 years from now when you're in a nursing home is going to be a whole lot more expensive. You know, and that's the hard part is the math just gets like that. Nursing homes are increasing long-term care costs, increasing by 5% every year, compound interest. So it's going to double and triple in that time. And, and I don't know. I mean, what's your plan to see? I mean, who's going to take care of you when you get older? I am not depending on my kids. That is for sure. I actually, this is something that I actually sat down with my planner this year and created a plan around preliminarily. I do plan on getting a long-term care specific policy in my 50s, so I'm 41. But what I'm doing right now is I put a rider on one of my life insurance policies so that it covers a long-term care portion and right now, because I'm young and I'm healthy, it's relatively inexpensive, though, as a part of like my whole like life insurance planning strategy can kind of be cost prohibitive for people. But for me, I made it a priority, just like anything else in my budget. So just like num- roughly number speaking, just that that part of that rider is about I want to say like another additional $150 a month that I'm paying to make sure that I have coverage. And that's kind of like a safeguard, safety net kind of coverage in the back end that's going to cover all of my expenses on top of whatever policy that I implement in my 50s. Does that sound right to you? You're in the right ballpark. I'm going to challenge Mm -hmm. your numbers a little. So I've done the math and we'll include a link in here to actual like example policies. I tend not to use the life insurance long-term care combos because it doesn't do either perfectly. You know, it's kind of like a spork. You know, it's a spoon and a fork together. Doesn't It's not perfect. Not bad, but just not perfect. Um, but the actual math, as far as I see, the sweet spot of if you're going to buy a long-term care policy is actually about mid-40s. And let me explain what happens. So if you're going to buy a long-term care policy, two things are going on. One your parents' health impacts your policy cost. So, for example, if one of your parents has a cognitive decline, dementia, Alzheimer's, something like that, your policy goes up giant. If both of your parents get diagnosed with dementia or Alzheimer's, you will not be able to get long-term care insurance or standard long-term care insurance. There's some gimmicky stuff you might be able to get, but like essentially like no standard policy. So your parents' health becomes an issue. And then your health becomes an issue. And each year you get older, the cost of the policy goes up. So it's a balancing act. So keep in mind, long-term care insurance covers in-home, assisted living, and nursing home. And usually what it is, like, you send it per day. It's like, oh, $250 a day or whatever it's going to cover. And it will cover each of those. The problem is that's expensive. You know, we're talking about covering hundreds of thousands of dollars of care. Well, the insurance company's taking a bet that you're not going to use the insurance. Now, the number is about two-thirds of people in the U.S. will end up in some type of long-term care. So I always kind of joke people, are you feeling lucky? You know, like, can you pick that down? 
And if you're in a couple, it becomes more important because if one of the members of the couple needs long-term care, it can eat the you know retirement funds of the other one. You know, so my wife needs to go in. She's in there four years. I got to pay. Forget it. I mean, I, you know, I'm not paying up because, of course, I'm going to spend every money I got on my wife. And now I'm going to be eating ramen noodles for a living, you know, forever. I mean, it's just it, it's it's one of those you have to protect yourself. But why did you say, hey, I'm going to wait till my 50s? I just thought that that was the magic number. Like I have always heard that in the financial planning community, that long-term care insurance is something that you consider in your 50s. And I've never been told otherwise. That's because people don't want to think about it earlier. Ah. I actually have clients in their 30s getting long-term care policies. Now, the math on the 30s, I don't know. I don't love it. But 45 tends to be the the, the sweet spot. And there's a couple of insurance. There's one insurance that I use. I don't sell insurance. You know, I just... Yeah, you know, I'm a advice only fee only. So when I say I use, I you know, these are the ones I like. But they actually offer what's called a 10 pay. So you pay 10 years and just done. Hmm. Or a single pay, you pay it up all up front. Now, the single pay up front is stupid expensive. It's, it actually saves you money, but I don't have a couple hundred thousand dollars extra to put there. <laughs> so that's the ballpark we talk about. We're not talking about a couple thousand. We talking no. about we talking about some racks you're gonna have to put up in order to but, get. But here's the difference: uh-huh. you're paying that fifteen hundred bucks or so a year on that life insurance for some coverage for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Do the math on it. You're paying yep. more than that, right? And it's gonna go up over time. Mm-hmm. Now, before I go even that far, I gotta talk about some weird stuff. So you're in California. California is actually looking at whether or not they should put a state plan that copies Washington for long-term care. Have you seen this yet? I think I heard about it in the, in the way that it looked almost like the care. It was, it was negligible. I should say. Yep. Yeah. As of today, Washington is the only one that has in place, but California, Pennsylvania, New York, and a couple other States are all like poking around at California is trying to get something together in the next year or two is what they're looking at. And they're all copying Washington. So let me explain this. So about two-thirds of long-term care is actually paid by Medicaid. Now, by the way, keep in mind, Medicaid means you're broke. Like you have no money, you have no assets. And as a, as a medic, I knew a Medicaid facility because my feet would stick to the floor and like literally like it's disgusting. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to judge. It's just it was disgusting. You know, you're talking about nursing homes where it's four-door room and, you know, like just, oh, it's not a good, great quality of life. So the states are creating these programs to save the Medicaid. So let me talk about Washington's program. So let's say Nasima moves to Washington. She would have to pay half of 1%, 0.51% of her income for the rest of her life, as long as she lives in Washington, for a minimum of 10 years. And then you get one year of coverage for $100 a day. Now, mind you, $100 a day buys you nothing in a nursing home. Okay. I, I don't want people to get long-term insurance unless they get at least like 250 a day of coverage. So you're giving up half of 1% of your income for life in order to get 100 bucks coverage. What do you think about that? I don't know what 100 bucks a day buys. I get paid $100 an hour as a nurse. So it, the math ain't mathing to me. No, it isn't. And what happens is people go like, I've got my long-term care covered. And I'm like, no, you got screwed. Like, there's there's nowhere in between. And the way Washington did it, and California will probably do the same in other states, is if you had your own long-term care policy in place, you could get out of paying the tax. So, you know, let's play with this 
for a second. I got to grab my handy dandy calculator here. And do you have numbers on those those kind of premiums for the long term care insurance starting at around forty five that you typically yep. see? Okay, perfect. So look at it this way. All right, when you start in that, in general, people say long term care insurance is, is affordable for people making they have about half a million dollar net worth to about three million. If you have less than half a million dollars, you just don't have enough money to pay for a policy. It is, and you're going to rely on Medicaid. If you have more than $3 million, you probably could pay for it out of pocket. So it's like this sweet spot. Now, by the way, m- you know, a large part of people that are listening to this are going to be in that sweet spot somebody put in their lives. Getting to a million dollars is not hard in the U.S. if you work at it. And that's where you want to protect that money. And what happens is when these state plans come across, so Washington did theirs, a whole bunch of people are like, oh, I want to opt out and get long-term care insurance policy. And then all the long-term care companies are like, yeah, we're not taking anybody else because we've been overwhelmed by thousands and thousands of people wanting. So, you know, let me give you some examples. Let me give my insurance examples. So let's say Nasima, so she's age 40 and has a four-year benefit period. So four-year, 3.7 is on average. So covering a little more than that sounds good. And assumes... 250 a day benefit, 3% the compound interest. So by the way, these policies, you have to have a compound interest rider so it grows over time. It's $250 of coverage right now versus when you're 90, two different things. So to get, if you want to get like a real policy, it's about $4,000, $4,200 a year. So you're paying $1,500 a year right now for how much coverage? Like I said, it's like it's not a lot of coverage. It's like kind of like a safeguard, cover, a safety net to catch what I, is not covered by a policy later on. Yeah, so so it's it's a feel good policy. Like it feels like you got something done, but didn't really get it. right. So forty two hundred bucks. Now, by the way, don't quote that exactly because it depends on your health and life. Right, and, you know, exactly. All that. You know, if you're a smoker, it goes up or whatever. You know, but it gets kind of weird. So. Women pay higher premiums than men. Now, this is not just like a pink tax. This is what happens is statistically, women will use more of it. That's why you're being charged more. But the secret is if you're in a couple, you can share the policy. Like I get three years and you get three years, but together we can like take some of each other's years if we don't use them. And they give discounts for couples because they assume one part of the couple will take care of the other one if they're getting into a long-term care situation. Yeah, so so th- there is a like balance here. Now, here's the interesting one for you so, since I have the number. Right now at age 40, it's $4,200. At age 50, it'd be $5,000 a month, a year. So it goes up 800 bucks a year. And you're going, well, but I paid extra for... So what happens is if you do like a 10-pay where you can lock it in or other things, you're starting at a lower rate and you'll end at a lower rate. You're paying for more years, but you have coverage. I think the challenge for long-term care is to go, well, I'll put $100,000 aside in a bank account, and that'll take care of my long-term care. Maybe. I'll take care of one year. But the question is, when are you going to long-term care? A great example is one of my friends, his, I was in high school. His mom, in early 40s, had early onset Alzheimer's. And then she was in a facility for decades. I can't even imagine the the bill that was run up on that. So it depends on when you go in. 
you know, if you can tell me what year you're going to go in and for how long, I can do the math and say, put this item, this money aside. I mean, what are you thinking, Nasima? Sounds like when people ask me when the baby is born, it's going to be born. Like, what time is the baby going to be born? If I could tell you that, I would be a very rich person. Like, no. <laughs> nobody knows these things. There's no way to predict these things. Even with family history, there's still no way to predict these things. So all we can do is plan. <laughs> well, and it's not only like, yeah. I mean, I, I think someone I have to explain, your health care insurance you have right now does not cover long-term care. Right. It'll cover a little rehab for, you know, a month or two or something. So like if you had a stroke right now and you need rehab for a year, you'd be paying that bill. And you might be better at the end, but you'd be paying a bill. Also, Medicare does not pay for long-term care again. 90 to 100 days, they'll do rehab, and then you're on your own. And I think the hard part is that's the time when you need the help the most, but you're hurt, so you really can't figure out ways to do it. I mean, it's not like a fancy like, oh, I'm going to be in a nursing home in a year, so let me change my finances. You know, it's like... Either you play it now or you're out of luck. But like, what about people who spend down money um, to get to Medicaid, to get Medicaid coverage for long-term care? Have you seen, like, I don't know. I was talking about that yesterday with my estate planning attorney. And first of all, the facilities that you have access to. And then second of all, doesn't the state come after you for the funds? Okay. So I got people that go like, oh, I want to be on Medicaid because that's going to cover it. Well, two things. And by the way, you may be looking at the same thing for your parents or, you know, family members. Of Before you decide you want to use Medicaid, go look at Medicaid facilities. Just look at the care you're getting. You know, my grandmother ended up in a nursing home for quite a while. We paid for a private room for her. It was not all her money. I mean, she, we, we spent every penny she had left, but it was her money. But you know what? She got great care. And you would... You would hope, oh, money doesn't matter in the totality care. That's just like a dream. All right. So go look at it. Now, Medicaid has a, what's called a five year look back. So if you're like, oh, I'm going to give my money to my kids or my net, you know, my wife or whatever, and then I'll qualify for Medicaid. If you do it within five years, Medicaid then goes, nope, you're not qualified for Medicaid for as long as that money's been going out or spend down or weird math. And California's actually looking to move to seven years on that. And what happens is then we get into issues. The other one is, how about if I'm a couple? Well, what, what are our assets together and what, what protects mine? There's actually a concept. I was just working on this for somebody of a Medicaid divorce. Like I wanted to get a divorce so that my, my spouse, I'm like, wow, that's like a bad option. Like just like, I'm like, you know, say to my wife, yep, bye. You're on your own. Good luck. You know, like, it's just, so like saying, oh, well, Medicaid's going to do this. I think the hard part is you don't know what your situation is and how it's going to impact your family. If you're looking to say, hey, I want to like give something to the next generation. You know, they talk about baby boomers. They're going to like give a whole bunch to their kids. You know, this transfer wealth. No, they aren't. They're going to be paying for nursing homes. You know. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. In that same vein, we're talking about like making um, 
creating a trust, like a long-term care trust as an option, as a way to protect money once you go into those into like like long-term care. So have you worked with people who have had long-term care trusts? Yeah. So there is a whole world of these estate planning attorneys. Their job is to like lock things up so that they can't be counted and everything. It works as long as you're like thinking a decade out at least. But most people are like, oh, I'm starting to feel ill. Now I'm getting, no, you're too late. Okay. And trusts are kind of weird. Attorneys like selling them because they make money. I'm not an attorney, so I don't always say a trust makes sense. A trust is useful for protecting your money or controlling it after death. With my child-free clients, trust is almost never used because they don't really care about where their money goes after death. They're going to donate to somebody or whatever. The trust for estate planning, what happens then is a lot of people do the paperwork, but then they don't actually put the trust into place. So you need to create the trust, you need to fund the trust, you need to have a trustee, a trust tax report. There's a whole bunch of paperwork. And like, I swear, like the lawyers sell trust and people go, Oh, I'm doing it fancy. I got a trust. Like, you know, that make it looks fancy, but it doesn't necessarily always get to what you expected. You know, a trust is really another 1500 bucks the attorney can bill for. You know, it's like asking the barber if you, if you need a haircut. The answer is yes. You know, it's just, I think it's a balancing act. If you're going to do something like that, you need to do it way in advance. And it depends on how much money you have. You know, so I could do all this fancy trust to protect my, million dollar asset, or I can just buy a long-term care policy and then do whatever I want with the rest of my money. You know, I'm not saying one or the other, but it's like, those are the debates. The other way that some people do it is they take a certain amount of money and we do a math equation. It's a guesstimate of like, if I invested and this outgrows over time and you self-fund your long-term care. The caution with this is you have to put in an account that you will never touch. Like, Oh, well, I'm having trouble making my bills. Uh-huh. You don't touch that long-term care. And most people are not great at that. You know, like we don't have that, you know, that just, that self-determination to say, yeah, I'm not going to touch my nest egg there. And, and I don't know. When people start talking about this stuff, I usually, the, I have two types of people. People come to me and ask, you know, they're worried about it and they want to find the answer. Cool. The other ones are like, their eyes just start glazing over. They're like, this is too overwhelming. I just can't even think about it. And it's like the same people say, well, I can't get a will because I'm worried I'm going to die. Well, the only reason to not get a will is if you hate your family. You know, like you need a plan for all this stuff. So I think the hard part of this is just like having a plan. And my goal is by your mid-40s to decide, am I going to pay for myself, long-term care, or Medicaid? And then following that through. The other part of this, and this is something we'll probably do a separate episode, is to make sure you have all the paperwork that matches your will, your living will, all that. But you need to have an answer. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And when you're talking about like the glazing over, like that was exactly the the thing that came to mind is that those are the same people that don't put their estate plan in, in place and all of those kind of things. And these are things that we need to think about and as you're saying, sooner than later, because I was even like, okay, I still have some time. But now my my 10-year timeline kind of can, got condensed down to five years. But still, I mean, it's important to know that thing, these are, it'll be cost effective at that age. Because that was what I was always told. It's not going to be very cost effective earlier on to get those policies. 
But it's super important to look at these things. And I think what ends up happening is people think of it as something that this is something that rich people do. This is not something that I need to do because I'm not going to have a lot of money anyway. And I'll kind of fall into that Medicaid category. And like you said, actually, most people fall in between that 500,000 to 3 million. And it's not hard to get to, especially if you have been doing some things intentionally to set up your wealth. And so these are conversations that need to be had, but aren't had often enough and aren't had in a way that seems approachable for most people, because most people are just like, that's just too over the over my head. And so I like the way that she presented it because it makes it like, okay, this you need this. You probably need to start planning for it now. And this is what it looks like. And either you're going to set aside a whole bunch of cash or you're going to get your long-term care insurance policy in place. ASAP. Yep. Now, let me give you one more spin on this because most or a lot of Americans are in this part where they're taking care of their parents too. So what if your parents don't have a plan for long-term care? And I always, when I talk about one person's long-term care, I always talk about their parents at the same time because I actually believe your parents' decisions on finances may have more impact on your finances than your own decisions. You know, so like, for example, I always tell people their parents set good boundaries, whatever they want. And for me and my wife, we said, nobody lives with us. That's just a boundary. You know, we'll pay for other things, but like, we just can't, nobody lives with us. And, and that might sound harsh, but that's just our rule. But when it comes to long-term care, well, the question is, well, now are you going to help pay for your family? Are you going to let them go on Medicaid? Are you going to let them in a crappy care situation? Are you going to pay for somebody to take care of from home? What are you going to do? And one of the interesting things I've actually worked with people on is either putting aside money or taking on a long-term care policy on your parents, which gets expensive. I'm not, I'm not saying it's cheap, but it's cheaper than you paying for them to get care or doing that. And, and I think people like, they can picture their parents going into long-term care because like they're closer to it. And I've actually had people, they get it all set for their parents, but not for themselves. I'm like, what? You got to do both. Like, seriously, you just said it's an issue for them. It'll be an issue for you. But you need to have a plan for that. And, and I don't know. I mean, Nasima, are you going to take care of your family members or your parents or others? I definitely was just thinking that. Like, if as if something happens to my dad, I'm going to have to take care of him. And so I've literally just like writing a note to myself, like look up long-term care policies for my dad. And I think he has one, but I need to look into it. And so, yeah, because it, it will fall on me and that could definitely impact my finances. And I'd rather plan for that now than later. So interestingly enough, there, there were some really nice long-term care policies like came out decades ago. Let's just, you know, Pretty awesome. And your parents may be on one of those. Like, I've, I found somewhere I'm like, wow, this is amazing what they're getting for the coverage. You might want to take over paying for that policy. Because that policy, if they're, if they're living on Social Security, whatever, cutting ed, you know, that'll be one of those they cut. And what, here's how it works with long-term care. Just, just so you know, you miss a payment or two, you're done. Like, like they are looking for any excuse to kick you off, especially these old policies. They're a bunch of CalPERS and a few others like, Weird Cal says you're in California, like there's specific like state. I'm policy. sure that's the one my dad has. Yep. He's a state employee. I mean, a city employee. Yeah. So, or he just retired last year. So yeah, city employee, like yep. all those things. So I'm sure that's the plan he has. 
So a great example is the California plan. I just helped a couple people with this recently. The state, because of costs and all that fun stuff, they were like, okay, either we're going to raise your, your rate or lower your coverage. Well, I looked at the coverage and the original plan was a certain amount per day. I forget what that was. It was high for unlimited for the rest of your life, like forever. I was like, wow. But the odds of you using, you know, 40 years of care is low. But they're like, oh, well, you could change it to a six-year coverage, which is still a long time, and maintain the same premium. Or like, So there's these debates. But what happens is people go, well, I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I'll just cut this policy out. And as soon as that's done, there is no going back. By the way, I, I could see the seamer writing me an email after. So I checked with my dad, and he didn't pay the policy, and I'm going to kill him. Like, <laughs> it, it, it is one of those. I for people that have long-term care policies, especially the, the old legacy ones, my rule is you pay that policy before you pay your groceries or anything else. Like, yeah, I mean, like that's like the first bill that gets paid every month. And people go, well, that's a little extreme. Like, no, it's not. This is going to be your end of life. You know, give you an idea, like the in-home care for many of them includes like housekeeping services, cooking for you, you know, like cleaning up. You know, as long as you have like what they call Two activities of daily living that you have problems with, you know, bathing, feeding yourself, whatever. They'll actually come in and do a whole bunch of stuff. They'll give you like an aging care manager, somebody that can help you out. I mean, they, they cover great if you have it. If you let it go, you're on your own. Yep. I'm going to check with my dad. I'm going to be pretty ticked off because he's kind of one of those people that just like, I don't need it. Just throw me in a in a place, and you know he's one of those kind of miserly kind of people. So I could see that happening, and I'm gonna check with him today. Oh my goodness! So by the way, I I could see this happening. You're like the team was gonna like that's your Jay told me this, and I so one more fun one or less fun. I don't know. I will get so interestingly enough when I talk to people long term care, a large percentage, especially in the child free community, are going with the opt out option. I'm not gonna get old. I'm going to, you know, go to Oregon or Switzerland to the suicide pods and call my time at a certain place. And we can have a separate debate on the ethics and, you know, whether you believe in euthanasia and all the other stuff. But if that is truly your plan, the hard part is you can't change your answer. You know, like if you're like, yep, I'm going to be opting out like, you know, and by the way, I don't blame you. You know, you want to be 80 and run off into the sunset and, you know, never be seen again. Fine. But you can't be 80 and then like, oh, yeah, that was a great plan when I was 40. But now I need like, yeah. So if you're going to choose the I have people like, well, I'm just going to whatever. And a lot of them believe it. Cool. As long as you're 100%. If there's any doubt, you need a financial plan. But most people cannot even decide (laughs) what they're going to eat for dinner. or How can they make a decision like that? And feel so confident. I just, I mean, like working in healthcare and seeing people have to make just basic healthcare decisions. And I work in a place where people are mostly healthy, but like the decision where people are like, if, if I'm going to get an epidural or not, and they're so gung ho on having a natural delivery until the time comes. And they're just like, give me my epidural, you know? And I'm just like, I'm sorry. I I put everything in that lens because that's what I see as far as like people making decisions. And I cannot imagine somebody making an end of life decision and being so confident about it. Yeah. And I've, 
I very carefully question people when they put that as part of their financial plan. And I'll be honest, some of people, I mean, I 100% agree that that's what they're going to do. Like they, they know they're, they're going to, you know, they're, they're making an end of life decision. They're going to stick with it. And I believe them. The hard part. So somebody brought this case to me. It was interesting is a family has a large history of Alzheimer's. And she said, Hey, when I lose my mind, I'd like to, you know, opt out. And by the way, I understand my family has a large Alzheimer's history. One of my big fears, losing my, my mind. Like I get it. Like I truly get it. But then I went, our healthcare system's broken. You, she's like, I want to go to Switzerland for the suicide pod if I lose my mind. The odds of your, of like the person who's, you know, your medical power of attorney being able to get that done is zero. Once you're in the medical system, could you imagine signing out AMA to go to another country to be? I can't. No, I can't it's not going to happen, especially because people that say that then don't put the things in place. And then once you get a, 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 a diagnosis, that doctor is going to do what they need to do. And no, not with the way our healthcare system is set up. Like, good luck. Like, you're going to be in court for 20 years trying to get that person out of care. Or you're going to be it's criminally charged. This was this was we were trying to figure out the legal paperwork and work for lawyers and all that. And I put on my healthcare hat and I was like, I don't care what you have written. Like the doctor's gonna go, Yeah, that is way too much liability for me to sign off on. I'm you know, if somebody has Alzheimer's, they're like, Yep, their family members not making a good decision, I'm gonna make decisions for them. Like, these are the things that go into long term care. All right. The money stuff is actually the easier part. Like, who's gonna make decisions for you and how or what do you want? What it's hard, but you need to do that now, not once you get sick. Yeah, you know, once, you, especially if it's a dementia or Alzheimer's or cognitive. Once you start showing cognitive decline, you may not be able to make your own decisions. And by the way, that doesn't mean you have to be old to do that. Like, it get no. Nah, I mean, I just one of my co. I just lost one of my coworkers at thirty six, and I'm sure she thought she had time to make more decisions. And so, I think. This is a timely conversation, especially like just in my life, because, of course, I'm in that sandwich generation where I'm planning for my kids, but also planning for my father, who's is a big part of my life because he helps me with my kids. And so this is super timely, super like for me to reflect on my policies, on my parents' policies, which, you know, you want to think about, but then you don't. <laughs> You kind of feel like, well, we'll get to that when it happens, but why not plan for it? Like, and I think that's a great suggestion. Like, I will be taking over his payments if they're still there. Well, it's funny. It's like, <laughs> you're going to be like, dad, I'm going to pay for that. And he's going to be like, you're going to do what? And like, it's just peace of mind. Seriously. Yeah. yeah seriously. Change, change the bill to send it to me. And I, you know, he, yeah, I saw like the, the calipers, I think it was like three grand a year for the unlimited. It was like something silly. Like that. I was like, for some of their 60s. And I was like, wow, this is super cheap. Like, don't quote me out of life, but it was, it was so write the whole check for the year, okay? Because I don't want to make sure, I want to make sure it doesn't lapse because we going to have to take care of this, okay? This, yeah, is I mean, before, this is before my kids' retirement. I mean, college fund, this is before all that stuff. Like, listen, we will take care of it. Yes. Yep. One other thing, just side note on long-term care. If you're a vet, you know, you, you, you get VA benefits. There actually are some long-term care benefits for vets. That are separate. Those might be through VA homes and others. Also, if you're caring for your elderly parents, a lot of them may qualify for vet benefits and not even realize it. You know, like that's they were in or something. Yeah, that's my dad. That's my dad. 
we may be able to get dad coverage through the VA and people don't think about that stuff. And by the way, the time to start working on that coverage is now because it actually helps both on medical and long-term care and all that. But you want to be able to take care of everything. And I think you understand this because you come out of medical. When you have medical issues, you don't great, make great financial decisions. Like, you know, you're when you're not feeling well. So you want to do all of this as far in advance as you can. Yeah, I have some work to do for myself. I have some work to do for my dad. But I am happy we had this conversation right now because I feel like I'm at an optimal time where I am relatively healthy and I can get these policies in place for a relatively inexpensive price. But also I have the ability to financially support my father's policy. So that is something that is on my to-do list for this week. So thank you so much for that, Dr. J. Absolutely. I know that there are so many other people that are in the same place and can benefit for this information. And I hope this kicks you into gear to take action because you are in that population that can benefit from this. So thank you again, Dr. J, for such valuable information. Absolutely. And if anyone wants to reach out to me, you can reach out to me at childfreewealth.com. And I don't know about you, but for me, 2022 was actually a pretty good year. So as an opportunity to give back, I'm doing a little bit of a financial freedom planning here in February. So for 45 people, I'm doing a half an hour free financial planning. That No no like strings, no nothing. Just come ask me your question. This email will include the link, but you can come say, hey, what about long-term care or your investing or your budgeting? Whatever it is, here's an opportunity to talk to a CFP without uh, having to put out the bill. It's just an opportunity for me to give back to the community that's been so great to me. And I hope you guys understand how gracious (laughs) that is because his time is very valuable. So I hope you're able to take advantage of that because that is something that he does not need to do, but I know could benefit so many people. So thank you for that as well, Dr. J. Great. Thank you for listening to my mommy's podcast. Bye-bye. Bye.